Activist Radio is on the air. You've tuned into the Mark Harrington Show. Sponsored by Created Equal. Time is running out for our nation. I beg of you. You need to stand against the evil that's plaguing our nation. If you don't like abortion, don't have one. The only thing that can be said to be objective truth is that there is no objective truth. Like, you kill a baby fetus, the same thing as killing any old inanimate object. I would argue that we certainly are not all created equal. Mark is training a new generation of leaders. people it's your movement now it's not your parents anymore the blood that is shed cries out to god from the ground for justice and now here's mark you've tuned into the mark harrington show with your radio activist mark harrington and you can find out more at markharrington.org i'm also the president and founder of created equal which is the pro-life organization that uh, routinely goes to colleges and high schools all across America, reaching young people on the abortion issue. Uh, Today, we're going to be talking about why is it that many churches are silent on abortion? Or better put, we're going to be talking about biblical shepherding. What's it look like to be a shepherd of God's people and to rightly present the pro-life issue. And in order to do that, I I have in studio my good friend, Michael Spencer. And Michael was a pastor for 23 years, right? Yep, that's right. And the director of Life Training Institute, the Midwest, Midwest director. director. Sorry, I don't want to do it away with Scott, with Scott. Yeah. <laughs> Scott Klusendorf's organization. Is, if you know me, you know Scott. Scott's commonly uh, referred to in, in his information that he gives out as far as pro-life information and apologetics. And I've had Scott on the show. But uh, Life Training Institute is Scott Klusendorf's organization. And Mike was, as of recently, the Midwest Director of Life Training Institute. And he's starting something new. That's right. So what is that, Mike? Well, first of all, thank you, Mark, for having me on. Um, it's good to be here. Um, yeah, I'm starting a ministry called Project Life Voice. And okay. um, this is a gospel-driven human rights organization that equips and trains pro-life ambassadors to speak intelligently and to act sacrificially on behalf of the freeborn. Amen. Well, yeah. you've been uh, so, you, but you pastored for twenty-three years. That's right. Yeah, I was. So your background. I just want people to listen mm-hmm. who are listening to the program. Uh, pastors, know you're you're you were, or you still have a pastor's right. heart. Right. So, yep. twenty-three years in the pastorate. That's right. Yeah, I, I left um, my pastoral role eight years ago when um, Scott offered me the opportunity to come on staff with um, LTI, which was a tremendous blessing and it has opened doors for me that never would have opened otherwise. Right. Um, you know, for me, Mark, um, I didn't leave the past burned out, bummed out or pushed out, although I felt all of those emotions <laughs> on yeah. a weekly basis. Um, right. But I no, understand. I loved being a pastor. I miss it. Um, but I left because I, frankly, I, I, I I was on the other side of the issue. I considered myself pro-choice until uh, coming to faith in Christ in 1983. And about okay. eight months after that happened, um, the church that I was attending showed the movie The Silent Scream. And oh, I yeah. saw, yeah, I saw for the first time with my yep. own eyes what abortion did to little girls and boys, and I couldn't believe it. Did you ever see Hard Truth? I did, yeah. Yeah, same, later to rescue. Little, okay. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. And um, uh, so, you know, that that just changed me profoundly. I did go on. So the visuals sur- work, Mike. The visuals absolutely work. <laughs> they reached you. Of course. And they've right. reached so many and they continue to reach so many. They absolutely work. Um, 
you know, I, my burden has been that, um, well, my burden has been for the church and mm-hmm. for pastors in particular, right. as you know, I, I don't think it's, it's grumpy or cynical to say that the overwhelming majority of pastors are silent when it comes to the subject of abortion. Yes, so that's what's, are. that's really what's fueling my desire here. My, my mission. Well, I appreciate that because without the church, we can't win. We yeah. all know that, right? Yeah, I, that's as right. much as created, as much as we do on the streets, and outreach in the public square, reaching people, changing hearts and minds. If we don't have the church involved, we don't have Christians out supporting us That's in right. prayer and financially and on the streets. We need That's workers. Right. We can't win. If the pulpits aren't speaking to it, we're not going to win the battle. That's it's, exactly right. I'm glad you're doing it. Uh, <laughs> it's it's a difficult work you're doing, but I appreciate your well, thank you. reaching out. So Project Life Voice. Yeah. Uh, dot com That's is right. the website com. Yep. and this is the official launch you'll be doing this uh starting soon so uh tell us a little bit more about that what what is what is the vision of project life voice sure. we, i mean before you were you're speaking on apologetics going right, to high schools right, and colleges right, right. You're still gonna be doing some yeah of that, i'll still course. be doing those things um but i will be focusing um a, a little more narrowly or at least uh, more directly on reaching churches and pastors my pastoral background thankfully has opened up a lot of those doors for me not as many as i'd like to see open but they are opening up yeah uh, there is a group you know there is a, and only the lord knows what the number is but there is a, a group of pastors out there who really are biblically based uh, mm-hmm. godly men but many of these guys have not been trained in their seminaries to speak on the issue in fact many of them have been told to stay away from it that it's you know that it, it's, it's radioactive just stay right. away from it and um but i'm finding as i get into pastoral circles pastors luncheons and breakfasts and things like that that i do um i'm finding that a lot of these guys are coming up to me afterwards and saying thank you i i you know i know i need to do this i don't know what to do and that's where i'm able to come alongside but i will continue to you know speak in in a variety of settings and you know wherever i'm invited i'll go All right. My guest is uh, Michael Spencer, and he is with Project Life Voice. And you can check out his website at projectlifevoice.com. Let's go through a couple of these objections that we commonly hear from Christians and pastors when it comes to abortion. I get this. You get this. When you bring it up, they say, well, I'll pray about it. Yeah, right. Well, I mean, that, yeah, that's good. Yeah. Right? And, and, and that's, <laughs> we, I, you know, that's one of the, the but primary, sometimes it's an excuse. Yeah, exactly. It is one of the primary biblical duties of the pastor. Uh, you know, the, the scriptures are clear. Ephesians uh, 618 says, you know, be alert always and always keep on praying for the Lord's people. And if we mm-hmm. uh, as most um, pastors, uh, at least most evangelical pastors, um, which kind of is the circle that I'm traveling in, of course, right. most of them don't deny the humanity or even the personhood of the unborn child. Um, you know, if if we really believe um, that the unborn child is a human being, um, then we should be praying for them as well. So praying is important. But you're right. So often that is used as an excuse. It's yep. it's, it's really an excuse to <clears throat> justify spiritual malpractice or pulpit malpractice is what it is. And, you know, it, when when your pastor, if your pastor says that, you know, well, I think we ought to just be praying about it. Call us bluff and say, well, can we start Sunday? Pastor? Yeah, Will you lead us? Now. Will you lead us from the pulpit <laughs> right. on Sunday morning? praying on behalf of the little ones go. in this community who are scheduled right. to die this week exactly. on behalf of their mothers, pray for the staff, the, the abortionist himself. You know, why, why are we ashamed of the unborn? You know, we'll mm. pray for every other question. people group, but this people group in many cases, you know, I, I like to say it this way. Why don't we just treat them like our enemies? Jesus said, love your enemies and pray for them. <laughs> Do good to those who persecute. It's a good one. If we won't love the yeah. unborn as our neighbors, can we at least love them as our enemies? Just that low standard. Can they at least meet right. that standard? It's better yeah. than being ignored, yeah, which absolutely. is what's happening absolutely. often. I mean, we pray for our enemies and it gives yeah. us a heart for them. Right. If we don't have a heart for the unborn, then let's start praying for them. Right. Here's another one. And I get this often. 
abortion is a political issue. Mm-hmm. Abortion is a social issue. It's not about the gospel. Yeah. Well, abortion is a political issue, but it's it's more accurate to say that it's a moral spiritual issue that has been politicized. Right. And every moral issue is eventually politicized. The redefining of marriage, war, right. slavery, and so on and so forth. Right. It's going to make its way into yeah. the political realm. Exactly. And but that cannot render it off limits for the body of Christ or for the pulpit, right. for the for the pastor. Um, I guess you could say it's a social issue, too. But first and foremost, this is a gospel issue. Mm-hmm. It's a loving your neighbor as yourself issue. Right. No doubt. Here's no, another. By the way, nobody ever uses that excuse to justify not talking about sex trafficking victims or, or homeless people. <laughs> you know, why is that? I mean, really, why is it that the abortion issue is just taboo? We're talking right now. We're in the right, midst of all right. this Black Lives Matter stuff. Right. and I'm, I'm for it. I'm, I'm, you know, sure. we ought to be treating black people equally as, as any other person. But why is it that people jump on the bandwagon? But when it comes to abortion, they avoid it. Well, I think there's a lot of reasons uh, for that, and I don't know that we could do justice to it in this short of time. But I, I think one of the reasons is, and I don't, again, I don't mean to sound cynical. I, I want to say up front that I'm I'm grateful for shepherds, for pastors who are biblically minded, who who are courageous and compassionate and speak boldly from their pulpit. Right. And those guys are out there. They are. Um, but I think for for those that don't speak to it, I mean, there's a variety of reasons. One of the reasons is is fear, uh, a fear of um, offending, a fear of um, of uh, inflicting more harm on those who've had abortions, which I think is a legitimate concern. Yeah, and a but lot not, of people have. A lot of, a lot yeah, of absolutely. folks in the pulpit have. Um, yep. But that shouldn't keep us silent. Another reason is ignorance. I think a lot of pastors don't know what abortion actually does to children or um, don't realize how it's impacting their own local community. Um, uh, and, you know, I so, and then the apathy. I, you know, I hate to say it, but in every profession, you have people who really don't care about the people they serve. Yeah. You've got attorneys that don't care about their clients. Yeah. You've got uh, some doctors who don't care about their There's patients. Some other motivation yeah. going on there. And, and yeah. so, too, sadly, tragically, in the, in the church, in the pulpit, we have shepherds who frankly don't care about the unborn. Jesus had a word for them, hirelings. You know, when the wolf comes, Same they word. abandon the sheep. They run away because they care nothing for the flock, the scripture says. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I think there's a variety of reasons. One of them, again, is just really a lack of education and a lack of training on, on how to do this. So. so here's another one. Abortion is a controversial and divisive issue. Mm-hmm. I'm called to protect the unity of my church. This is what you'll hear. Yeah, sure. And it, I, I experience this with COVID right now. COVID, you got Black Lives Matter. Mm-hmm. And it's just like pastors feel like they're doing mm-hmm. everything they can just to keep it together. Right. And they don't want to insert this one in there. Right. Well, you know, I, I guess my response to that is that um, if you're if you're remaining silent because your church is divided over it, you're not protecting unity. You're protecting division. Division. And yeah. and so the the, the shepherd that's d- d- division in your church over the issue of whether or not we should kill children or rescue them. If your church is divided over that, that's an that's an indictment on your pastoral that's on your right, pastoring on your work. That's that right. becomes the call, mm-hmm. not the excuse to go silent. Mm-hmm. No doubt. I'm talking to Mike Spencer. And uh, if you can want to find out more, you can go to projectlifevoice.com. That's projectlifevoice.com. Mike was a pastor for 23 years, also the Midwest director for Life Training Institute, Scott Klusendorf's organization, training uh, people in pro-life apologetics all across America. So, Mike, let's uh, let's move on here. why why'd you leave the pastor? Did you, I mean, you mm. talked a little bit about that. Yeah. And now you spent eight years in the pro-life movement uh, teaching apologetics and now. Right. Starting this new well, adventure. It, I, again, I did leave the pastor. There's no question about that. Uh, and as I said, I, I, I didn't leave. Um, 
you know, with any angst or any right, frustration. Was... I, I, I left, quite honestly, because I feel such a burden that the church has gone silent on this issue. Mm -hmm. There's a sense, though, in which I would say I really haven't left the pastorate, that, that my flock is, is the preborn. Yeah. And I really see it that way. They are an unreached people group. We devote mm -hmm. millions and mm -hmm. millions of dollars all around to send missionaries all around the world. And then we ignore the most oppressed, most marginalized, most unreached people group right under our noses. And so, I, you know, I'm one guy. I'm not going to I'm not going to you know, change the whole world, but I can change my corner of it. And and that's what has motivated me to do this. So in our audience right now, there are plenty of pastors. Mm -hmm. uh, we're broadcasted on WRFD, which is a yep. Salem radio, and there's all kinds of pastors listening to the uh, uh, right now. If you would, and, and I, I'd like to close off with this too, but speak to them right now. Mm -hmm. um, your, sure. your, your mission is mm -hmm. to just to equip them. To yeah. equip them. To equip them. If you would them. directly just, just speak to them. Yeah, I'd be glad to do that. Well, you know, Pastor, I would say this. Um, we're called uh, as shepherds to shepherd the whole flock of God, even those who have yet to be born, whether they have been uh, beaten and abandoned in a ditch or denied legal protection and abandoned in the womb. And I would say this too, you know, it was a great joy for me and it was a burden. There's no question about it that it, this is a burden for pastors to speak to the issue of abortion. But more than that, it's a joy to speak up for the least of these, those that were so precious to Christ. Uh, you know, we celebrate um, uh, the incarnation, mm -hmm. you know, every Christmas and, and through other times throughout the year to celebrate the incarnation and then not to speak up on behalf of Christ's little ones is really sending a mixed signal to our congregations. And I would say this, Pastor, first of all, you have a golden opportunity. This is a gospel opportunity and you need to see it that way. Mm -hmm. This is a golden opportunity yeah. for you. You are you are in an enviable position. You have the power not to stop all abortions, but you do have the power to stop almost all of them in your church. You wield enormous influence in your pulpits. And I would encourage you to use it, not to shrink back from that. Uh, you are also, it's costing you something if you're silent. It's not only costing you the fact that you become culpable for the blood of children that is shed in your church potentially, but you're also losing the opportunity. Uh, let me restate it you're losing respect and credibility for your, from your congregation when you won't speak to the, the most relevant, defining moral issue of our time. You're mm -hmm. losing great credibility. It's costing you more than you may realize. In, in, my, in my work, I am constantly having people come up to me after my talks and saying, my pastor's a really good guy, but, but he yeah. won't talk about abortion. Mm. And the question is not, is your pastor a good guy? The question is, is your pastor a good shepherd? That's what we're called to be. So I wanna encourage you, pastor, be bold, be compassionate, be wise, but be relentless on this subject in your pulpit and watch God honor that. Mike Spencer is with me today. You can go to projectlifevoice.com to find out more. Mike, what would, I mean, what would you do? You know, if a pastor contacted you and yeah. said, hey, I'm interested. I heard you on the radio. I heard you on Mark's show. Sure. What would you do? What, what would yeah. it look like? Well, I would first of all find out a little bit about his church, what, where they're at on the issue. I mean, you meet with him, over? right? I mean, I imagine, yeah, or by either, phone, either or by phone, if he's you okay. know on the other side of the United States or something, or or in person. But yeah, I am available to do whatever I can, whether that's walking pastors through how to do this. I can give sermon outlines to them. I can give my PowerPoint to them. I, I've stolen everything from other people anyway, so I'm happy to pass <laughs> it on. Okay. Um, the other thing I'm able to do, if the pastor says, "Look, you're the specialist in this, Mike. I'm not a specialist in it. Will you come in?" Yes, I am. Uh, always happy to go into churches. I provide uh, uh, pro-life apologetic workshops that are very interactive, but I'll also speak in your pulpit. Uh, I'll, whatever I can do to serve you. But, you know, I would want to assess what is the need? Where's the congregation at? How can I help that pastor? But I'll do whatever I can. What do you do? What, what do you say to the pastor that's, uh, I don't know, feels like there's issue fatigue? You know, we've got mm -hmm. all this going on right now with Black Lives Matter, 
COVID, right, all the rest. Right, right. And it's been 47 years and they're like, been there, done that. Yeah. You know, people are just tired of it all. And they're like, mm-hmm. you know, let's just move on. Or just, you know, they're just. Well, I, I do think there's some truth in that, that people are tired of hearing about it. They feel like so they speak. can't do anything about it. Right. 47 years. Right, what right, more right. can we do? Well, we can do an awful lot. And the reality is, is that uh, most churches that would um, would say that, and that's not true of, of everybody I know, but many pastors who would say that are just using it again as an excuse. But the guy who's really sincere, the pastor who's really sincere and is saying, what do I do? My congregation's tired of this. They may actually be tired of it because they haven't actually been equipped biblically on it. Mm. So I actually think you can avoid a lot of the, the, the battle fatigue, if you will, or the issue fatigue, as you call it, Mark, mm-hmm. um, by actually helping them see this, not just as another issue. Not an issue. This is the defining moral issue of our day. I mean, Imagine well, if, and their children's lives are exactly. in, hanging Imagine in the if, balance. Right. Like, what if 2,000 toddlers plus, 2,000 plus exactly. toddlers were dying every day? It's got to be personalized. Nobody would think, well, this is just another issue. Right. So if, if your congregation is suffering from battle fatigue, or if you are, I think you need to look at it with, with a fresh perspective, a biblical perspective, and say, how do I help my congregation not be fatigued, but be energized? And there are ways to do that. And I'd love to have that. Conversation well, we have well. the example, you know, the George Floyd yeah. killing and how that just ignited all right. this discussion, all the riots and such. But in the church, this discussion ignited in you know, all over the country. Mm-hmm. And it was because we, we came to, to the to the truth of what happened. They saw it, a real person being killed right before our right, eyes. Right. And I think what we do often is we don't think of the unborn as persons, really. We just think, exactly. oh, it's an issue. It's another one of these That's many right. issues that we need to deal with. That's exactly right. And and we that's again, that's the look, the pastor is first and foremost a sheep protector. That's his job, whether he's protecting the flock from false doctrine, from gossip and slander or from hired assassins, killers who have masqueraded. And there are babies dying in the churches, right? Twenty five percent of all the abortions are committed by women that profess to be evangelical Christians, right? Yeah, absolutely. I had a man in Cleveland several years ago came up to me afterwards, and I've had this kind of story multiple, multiple times, but this man has stayed in my mind. He came up to me, great big muscular guy, tears in his eyes, moistened eyes, and he said to me, thanks for what you shared tonight. I'm responsible for seven abortions. Mm. You know, it's naive to think this isn't happening in our own flocks. It is happening. Well, it's easy to cover it up because you don't see the babies, right? That's right. right? But what is it? 25% of all abortions are committed by women who claim to be evangelical Christians. And it's the same number in the Catholic Church, pretty much. Can I just interject very quickly? I think a lot of churches and pastors think that they have to choose. Am I going to speak up for the unborn or am I going to be about the gospel? I know we kind of hit on that already, but I want to say this. That is a false dilemma. Right. Okay. Um, These are not competing interests. We can, in the same sermon. Mm-hmm. On the same Sunday morning, we can boldly right. declare abortion for the evil that it is in no uncertain terms, and yet hold out the word of life compassionately to those who have had abortion experiences. Jesus said, "The Son will set you. You know, it, it, the Son will set you free." Mm-hmm. John eight thirty six. Mm-hmm. You know, if we believe that, why would we hide that message from our congregations? I don't know. We're talking with Mike Spencer. Go to projectlifevoice.com if you're interested in having him come and uh, meet with you as, if you're a pastor or if you'd like to have him come speak at your church or at your high school, anywhere. He, he can come in and do some equipping, some apologetics training as well. Uh, Mike, it occurred to me there are a lot of churches that support pregnancy resource centers, mm-hmm. yeah. you know, and which is great. We want them to. But they're rarely generally, I would say, I think at least in my experience, mm-hmm. not really supporting pro-life activism, apologetics training, right, right, right. really trying to understand the worldview. Why do you think that is? And I, listen, well, I'm, not, I'm not coming down on pastors or, or churches no, that support right. PRCs because they need, they need well, support. I, part of it, to, to 
uh, be charitable here. And, and I'm sincere when I say this. I think a lot of pastors really do want to be involved. They want to be engaged somehow. And that's mm -hmm. a, a good way to do it. It's a it meaningful is. way to do it. I do a lot of work with pregnancy centers. I speak at a lot of their banquets. And right. I, I thank God for these centers. But I think it's become for a lot of pastors sort of a safe place. Like I can do that. I can it's throw money at this harder. ministry. Yeah. It doesn't cost and, much. Yeah. And I would say this. If your church is signing up for the local baby bottle drive or the diaper drive, this is a good thing. I wish more churches would do it. Right. But that's not a substitute for bold, mm -mm. biblical, compassionate, redemptive preaching mm -hmm. in the pulpit. Mm -hmm. Pastors have a job to do that's separate and from the outreach job. and ministry that actually Absolutely. at the abortion yes. clinics or You're what right. have not you. just in the four walls right. of the church, but to go out. Right, like uh, we do. Uh, we raised our children. My wife and I raised our children outside of the abortion clinic in Fort Wayne, and it was one of the best things for them. It, yeah. it, it profoundly shaped their lives. And I know not everybody's going to do that, but there should be some tangible way that we are actually engaged in this battle and not just talking about it or throwing money at it. And there are ministries and to support them, plenty of like our right. ministry, That's of right. course. That's right. All right. Well, we've got about five minutes left here, Mike. Let me uh, let me ask you a couple more things. Mm -hmm. um, is the Bible silent on abortion? Now, I, I understand pastors are going to say, no, of course not. I know that I know the passages, mm -hmm. but a lot of people will say, well, it never really speaks directly to it, does it? Right. Well, the Bible never specifically mentions the word abortion right, in not. either the Old or the New they Testament. They had no idea, no, no concept. Right, of right, was. right. But the Bible is not silent on the subject of abortion. Here's why. Abortion is just a method of killing innocent human beings. Mm -hmm. I mean, think Euphemism. about it. The Bible is also silent then on beating somebody to death with a baseball bat or shooting somebody right. with a nine millimeter Glock. Right. We don't need a Bible verse to expressly state that killing people in this way through abortion mm -hmm. is wrong any more than we need a Bible verse to say, as as Francis Beckwith says, that suffocating somebody with a pillow is wrong. You know, wrong. We don't need a Bible verse that says that. Nor do we need a Bible verse that says what kind of what classes of people we can't unjustly kill. For instance, nowhere does the Bible say thou shall not kill, thou shall not murder Hispanics or thou shall not murder freshmen in high school. We don't need that. Mm -hmm. We only need to know that the Bible clearly and routinely, frequently condemns the unjust shedding of innocent human blood. Exactly. Um, and then we need to know what is a human being. And we go to the science of human embryology for that. And it makes it clear that you are a human being from the moment of conception, a distinct living whole human being. So we can do the math very quickly. The Bible clearly condemns the dismemberment, the decapitation, the disemboweling, the burning and the suffocating of children in the womb. You know, Romans one talks about evil men who would, uh, do, you know, would invent ways of doing evil. Right. Mm -hmm. And nowhere is that evil in invention more obvious or more evident than in the way evil men have devised to kill each other in the womb or to kill to kill precious children in the womb. Uh, we don't need those kinds of verses. This, this assumption that what the Bible does not expressly condemn, it therefore condones is ridiculous. Well, Bill Clinton said it did. It didn't have a verse, right, so he must right. have been right. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> anyway, we're we're uh, we're heading into November third, an election yeah. coming mm -hmm. up, a big election, and a lot of the pulpits, you know, people are going to be a little bit concerned about mm -hmm. bringing up politics. They'll say, "Well, this right, isn't right. the time." Uh, how do you respond to that? Because I know even my pastor is like, you know, no, don't look to November third to solve all our problems. And I, right, I agree. Right. It's not where we look for our answers, sure. but a lot of pastors are afraid to even bring it up because it sounds political or in a political season. It's controversial. It's divisive, et cetera, et cetera. If you would just leave them mm -hmm. with a parting word. Well, this there. is not ultimately, uh, again, I've admitted it's a political no. issue, but it's not ultimately an issue of partisanship. It isn't. But issue it does. I mean, it does fall on political. You've got Republicans oh, yeah, yeah. who are pro-life and you have Democrats who are, who right. are pro-abortion. Well, this, is, this is. is not ultimately an issue of partisanship. It is an issue of lordship. Christ is, you know, as shepherds, we tell our congregations how to manage their money, how to treat their spouses, how to raise their kids, how to behave sexually. But for some reason, this has become off limits. 
And I don't understand that. Very you know, partisan. I mean, it is yeah, partisan now. It didn't it used to become, be that way. It has become very partisan. But a pastor can easily get up in the pulpit and boldly say abortion is evil and to vote for candidates of any party that mm-hmm. want to just want to rob an entire class of our citizenry. Mm-hmm. Their most fundamental right, the right to life, is wrong. It is right. immoral. It is sin. Yeah. This is part of the confusion over this being a political issue and off limits for the church is, again, comes back to the fact that we need to instruct our flocks. We need to teach them how to think biblically. We're not single issue. I'm not a single issue voter, but I think this happens to be the single most pressing issue. No doubt. And we should give greater worth or greater weight to it as we go into the voting booth. All right. Well, we've got about 30 seconds left. Let's wrap it up. Speak to the pastor. I'm, I'm with Mike Mike uh, Spencer here, pro-life. Uh, what is it? Pro-life voice. Project life, Project life voice. Sorry. No, you're fine. If you would, just uh, give us some parting words. Well, Pastor, I would just say um, to those of you who are faithful, and I'm sure there are many of them uh, watching today, um, I just want to encourage you, don't become fatigued. Don't give up the fight. Keep at it. Um, God honors and blesses faithfulness. And to those of you who are not in the battle, get in the battle. You need to be in the battle. And you can check out Mike at uh, ProLife. I keep saying that, Mike. I'm sorry. ProjectLifeVoice.com. It'll come to me after a while. ProjectLifeVoice.com. Mike Spencer's been my guest. Uh, he was with LTI for eight years with Scott Klusendorf. Comes highly recommended. So if you're a pastor within the sound of my voice, you need to check out Mike. Give him a call. Check out his website at ProjectLifeVoice.com. We'll see you next time. God bless you. God bless America. And remember America. Bless God. You've been listening to Mark Harrington, your radio activist. For more information on how to become a witness against the evil Evil. plague in America, call Created Equal at 614-269-7808. That's 614-269-7808. Or go online to createdequal.net. Createdequal.net. Be sure to tune to The Mark Harrington Show next time for your marching orders in the culture war.